Welcome to a new episode of the Twins Who Podcast. It's our first podcast of 2019. Adele, it's been a while. It has been a while. I've missed you, brother. Missed you too. It's been a little bit since we did a pod, uh, but we're excited to be back. We're recording this uh, the evening of March 4th, before the Lakers play the Clippers. Uh, we'll, t- we'll touch on the Lakers and much more in a bit, but um, as always, joined by my better half, my twin brother, Adele Natani, and follow us on Twitter at Twins Hoop, and now our official Instagram page at Twins Hoop underscore official, and at Facebook at Twins Hoop. And uh, please rate and subscribe us on Apple Podcasts. Adele, one person on there gave us a rating and said this is the best NBA podcast they've ever heard. Wow. I'm really flattered. That's, that's amazing. I'm not surprised you do such a good job on here. So let's dive in. You know, we have about 18 games left in the season. Uh, we'll talk about the Lakers, Giannis, the Eastern Conference, some of the rookies who have been balling, um, the standings, and talk some playoff. But Adele, we got to start with the dumpster fire out west. The <laughs> Lakers. I have a take. The Lakers, throw them in the trash, put them in the garbage, throw them away. I'm done. Man, you've given up on them so quickly. No, as an irrational Lakers fan, I still haven't given up. But, I mean, let's, my unbiased side has to be real. They're four and a half games out of eight. They've lost seven of their last ten games. Uh, four out of the last five games. I mean, for them to realistically have a chance to make the playoffs, they got to win maybe 15 of their last 19 games, 18 mm-hmm. games. I mean, mm-hmm. that's going to be really impossible. I know 538 only gives them about 8% chance to make the playoffs. ESPN has them as about a 1.1% chance. Um, you know, I was looking at their stats, Adele, and I, I just want you to react to this. Okay, what do all these teams have in common? The Grizzlies, the Suns, the Knicks, the Hawks, the Pelicans, and the Timberwolves. They are all... Terrible teams that are not in the playoffs. And they have lost all of them. All those teams have beat the Lakers. Oh, all wow. those teams have beat the Lakers. They, the Lakers have lost seven games to those six teams. And if they were seven games up in the win column, guess what, what would be happening, Adele? What would be happening? They'd be in the playoffs. So why do you think they are not in the playoffs? Because I have, I have my own reasoning. But why do you think they're one, not in the playoffs, and two, not going to make the playoffs, aside from the fact that the chances are grim, uh, the percentage-wise. Let's talk about the players, the coaching, things like that. Okay, so let's start with the coaching. Um, I know you've got a take on on Luke Walton. Um, I feel like there should never be a lineup on the floor that's that doesn't include one of Ingram, LeBron, or Kuzma, and okay. that's what's frustrating me the most, that Stevenson and Rondo are getting so many minutes, and one of those three is not on the court at all times. What about you? Yeah, so, I, and you've mentioned that before uh, when we've been talking in our you know, many text messages that we send to each other daily. Uh, I agree with you. I think that's a very good point. Um, you look at most teams across the league with uh, multiple scorers who score 15-plus points, uh, in a game in order to win two out of the three players are usually on the court at all times. If, if not, at least one out of those three. So even you look at the warriors, um, they'll throw Durant out there with the bench or Curry or, or Thompson out there with the bench. Yeah. Um, 
you, you know, you you look at most teams in the league. I've always been confused about the rotations that Luke Walton has been doing, even since last year, when he would uh, rest Lonzo Ball. He would pull him in the in the first quarter, in the middle of the first quarter, and then rest him until the end of the second, and then wouldn't play him in the fourth. And this year, you have these rotations where Rondo is playing extended minutes with Kuz, Ingram, and LeBron, and then the the bench unit comes in. Kuz, Ingram, LeBron, and Rondo, who's still a solid point guard, they are not in the court together. And Laker fans are expecting um, the Lakers to win with that kind of lineup. I find that a little bit frustrating for Luke Walton. What is he supposed to do with this lineup? Magic Johnson and Rob Plinka gave him a team. Uh, instead of spending the money on, on Brooke Lopez and Julius Randle, they gave that same money to Rondo, Beasley, uh, and, Lance, and Lance Stevenson. So I've I've always been perplexed about the rotations, uh, but I also want to put a little bit of uh, onus on Magic and Palinka and the team that they put around LeBron. Yeah, it's I mean they definitely have the wrong team. I mean Brooke Lopez and Julius Randle, you know they definitely could have done just worlds more. I mean can you imagine Julius Randle as a small ball five with this group? Yeah, or Brooke Lopez as the five starting with this group. I mean, right, stretching the you know, floor. Yeah. He's done wonders for the Bucks, But there is a positive with the Lakers right now. What do you think about Brandon Ingram? Yeah, so uh, Brandon Ingram has been balling lately. Um, in the last nine games, he's averaging 24 points while shooting 53% from the field. And very surprising, he is shooting in that same stretch 46% from three uh, with six assists and three rebounds per game. So I think one thing that's changed is Luke Walton has – installed the small ball lineup while Kuzma is playing the five. And at first my thought was, okay, this is for LeBron. So LeBron can stretch the floor, but it's really resulted in Ingram being able to drive the basket, a drive to the basket more effectively. He is really efficient uh, when he's driving to the basket, but also when he's shooting over opponents Um, earlier in the season, he wasn't hitting it at a right high clip, but right now, his confidence is at an all-time high. It's resulting in lots of contested mid-range jump shots that are actually going in. Yeah, but his mid-rangers are, instead of it being like outside of the paint, he, a lot of his mid-range is in the paint, right? Like kind of straight away, fadeaways. I mean, he's, and he's converting a lot of yeah. – he's getting to the foul line a lot. Um, yeah, there was a play against the Suns last game. It was in the fourth quarter. LeBron's calling for the ball as Ingram has the ball and he waves it off and tells LeBron to set him a pick instead. Mm-hmm. LeBron sets the pick. Ingram goes, drives in. He gets doubled and does a no look behind the back pass to LeBron who hits the yeah. three. Um, you know, so I think like the plays like that shows that Ingram can be a primary playmaker. I have yet to see a game though, where Ingram LeBron and Kuzma all go off. I mean, it's, it's, it's usually two of the three. I feel yeah. like it's either uh, – at first it was tough for LeBron and Ingram to both, both go off, and it was usually LeBron and Kuzma. Kuzma's kind of calmed down a little bit, but that guy can score and he can get hot, you know, really hot. Yeah. He, he's got that Mamba mentality of the next one's going in. Right. So, yeah, yeah um, he, he's not shy with the jump shot. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, good point about Ingram. You know, but, I think that he's just I, playing at a I, high level. I wanted to speak to that real quick. So you, you mentioned how, like, all three of them don't go off at once. I think lately, especially Kuzma, they've realized that they need Ingram to be aggressive for them to be successful. So I, I see 
you could definitely see him taking a step back and just kind of spacing the floor, setting picks. He's actually setting picks lately instead of just acting like he's going to set the pick and just roll or pop. But, right. um, you know, uh, I've noticed also that LeBron is trusting Ingram more, you know, against the Bucks, the Milwaukee Bucks on Friday. They were up um, until the fourth, until the end of the fourth quarter where the Bucks went on a 15-2 run. But up until that point, uh, LeBron was searching for Ingram when they were down the court, yep. uh, even on yep. fast breaks. Uh, Ingram is, is, is so crafty with the ball now. He's able to drive, spin, had a nice reverse slam. Um, he had a nice uh, slam right on facial. So, or right on, excuse me, on Brooke Lopez, a facial on Brooke Lopez. So I, I think that they've all kind of realized that they have to have him come out of his shell. Now I think all of this is going to change if Lonzo Ball can come back as you know, I've mentioned to you before, I'm a huge fan of Lonzo Ball. He does everything right. They are missing his defense. Yep. Yeah, I wasn't a Lonzo truther uh, like you. Um, but <laughs> You make it sound I, like a conspiracy when you say it like that. It is. It is a conspiracy. Um, <laughs> I, I got but, my tinfoil hat on, and I'm telling you, Lonzo Ball and LeVar Ball are the key to the Lakers' happiness. All right, shut up. See, that's just stupid. <laughs> but I will say Lonzo Ball's defense, he's, he's clearly their best defender, one of the best yeah. defensive guards in the league. Um, you know, I do think, just to your point, there's been a lot of losses, right? And when you look at the noise around the Lakers, a lot of people are saying it. They're saying – you know what? They should keep the young team. Maybe they should trade LeBron. Maybe they should oh move on from this. Goodness. This isn't working. I you know what? That you these people are idiots. Okay, I was about. I for a second was thinking that you were about to agree with this whole thinking because that is absolutely ludicrous. It's very Skip Bayless of them trading LeBron. That's not even on the table. You know, Magic Johnson, Rob Palenka would not do that. The Lakers' key to success is all centered around LeBron James. Um, I, I do think that they're going to throw everything at this Anthony Davis trade again. And depending on how the Celtics do in the playoffs, um, we'll see if they, if the Pelicans are interested in whatever they have to offer. Would you include Brandon Ingram? Would that be like a no brainer now? I feel like he's, he's shifted that conversation. He shifted it, but it's just nine games. Like if now, if they make the playoffs and, he you know helps them get there plus he does some damage in the playoffs then the pelicans have to say okay they have a a a stud on their hands if they can get their hands on ingram and then pair him with lonzo and and kuzma and maybe some picks the lakers have all their picks from 2022 to 2026 so you can definitely bundle a couple of first round picks those are very valuable um i i wanted to ask you uh you know about ingram would you trade uh, who do you think is more valuable right now, Tatum or Ingram? I think it's Ingram because of his defensive prospects. Like he's here's a six ten player, huge seven foot wingspan. He can shoot now. He's you know really good on the defensive end of the floor. Can guard really one through four. You know you can't say that about Tatum. Um, so I, I think that Ingram's the better prospect. How about you? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. Right now, Ingram's the better prospect. You know, Tatum has kind of fallen off. But again, in the playoffs, the Celtics are going to go further, and I think Tatum's going to have a chance to um, to show what he's made of. So I do want to just say one thing to all those LeBron haters out there who are saying, you know, they should trade him. 
I am completely against the idea, but I have a trade that no one can say no to if this was just, you know, no storylines or legacies attached. Are you ready to hear it? I'm ready. LeBron James to the Sixers for Ben Simmons, some young players and picks. Who says no? So, I I think <laughs> – hold on. Hold on. I think – okay, first of all, does LeBron have a no-trade clause? Nope. He doesn't? No, he can't. He went to a new team. He couldn't get a new oh, trade clause. Oh, yeah. I mean – the Sixers would have, the Sixers would have to say no, right? Yeah. The, actually, the, the Lakers say no. Why would the Lakers give up LeBron James for Ben Simmons? Ben Simmons not even proven. If the if if the Sixers go, look, we'll give you Ben Simmons, we'll give you Zaire Smith, and we'll give you you know a couple of first unprotected first round picks, even one unprotected first round pick. Like who would say no to that? Really think about this. That's a good deal for both sides. You know what? You may not think it's it's great for all, but at least it made you think, and that's all I wanted. Also, uh, you know, I, I like the trade, but the problem there is they wouldn't be able to keep um, – you know, obviously they have a beat signed, but with Butler and Harris being free agents, they would – I think they would only be able to keep Harris. He's the younger one, and he has less that they would owe on a max contract. So it would be LeBron, Harris, and Embiid going forward. Right. That sounds like, I mean, awesome. <laughs> who, would <say> no? <laughs> who would say no to that? Um, I, I do want to move on from the Lakers, but just one thing. Uh, you know what? The, who the Lakers could use or what the Lakers? Oh, man. There, there's so much here. They could use a, a center, a power forward, a shooter. You, you got it. A seven-foot seven center who's 21 years old and producing. Oh, wait. They traded him for Mike Muscala. They traded Zubak. To the Clippers and who they're playing tonight, Adele. Yeah, uh, Zubak is going for a revenge game, I think. We'll see. I think he's going to have a revenge game tonight. Um, Lakers Clippers tonight, NBA TV 1030. Uh, like like Adnan said earlier, we're recording this pod right before. Um, the Clippers have won five out of the last seven, so they're hot right now. And um, the Lakers have to win this, one, because of the playoff prospects, but two, uh, they need to go up two to one so they um so it, it's not uh, a tie right i think they played they played three times or four times i think it's four times but yeah they, they need to get the tiebreaker so yeah uh, this yeah. is a big game for them yeah they need they, this is a must win the last game was a must win the game before was a must win no more lebron throwing uh the basketball uh off the backboard going lackadaisical on defense, uh, giving up at the end of the game, missing free throws. He missed two important bunnies, uh, two important free throws at the end of that Suns game. So uh, it's time for the Lakers turn around, LeBron turn around, Luke Walton to get his rotations in order. Absolutely. So um, I do want to talk about the best team in the league. Adam, do you know who the best team in the league is? It's not the Lakers. <laughs> it's not the Lakers. It's not the Warriors. It's the Bucks. Mm. Uh, the Bucks have been balling lately. Um, they got the best record in the league. They've already clinched the playoff spot. Um, on Friday, it was announced that Eric Bledsoe went ahead and signed an extension for a uh, four-year, seventy million. One thing that was noted about the extension by Shams Charania was that it's a very friendly contract for the Bucks because fifty million of it is going to be paid in the first three years, which is guaranteed. 
But in the fourth year, when Bledsoe is 32 years old, the Bucks can actually opt out and they would only owe him $3.9 million in that last year when Bledsoe is 32. Um, so very friendly contact, uh, contract for the Bucks. Eric Bledsoe said after the game, yeah, these are my brothers. I love being around them. And I think he knows that Giannis is going to own the next decade. Yeah, he got a really good deal. I'm sure, you know, Terry Rozier is not too happy because he's looking at point guards who compare similarly to him. And he's probably thinking, okay, like, you know, where am I, what am I going to get this offseason? And Bledsoe got about 17 and a half. And that really sets the, sets the bar for what Rozier is going to get. I'm sure he was looking for, you know, 20 plus million, but this yeah. is a great, this is a great contract for the bucks. You know, at first I'm not a huge Eric Bledsoe guy, um, but he has elite defensive capability. You just didn't see mm-hmm. it in the playoffs last year. He got yeah. blown by, by Terry Rozier time after time. Um, I think he was probably a little bit cocky, but you know, he's definitely playing with more purpose this year. His yeah. shots falling. He's he knows he's not the number one or number two option, and I think that's what's allowed him to be so successful. But that um, but last year was, was when he got traded, and that's when he sent that tweet out, right? That he he didn't want to be there, and then he said he was in a barbershop. <laughs> yeah, and when he was on the Suns, yeah, no, that's a that was a terrible situation. Yeah. But um, but I, I, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, um, you know, when you look at how that team is constructed. Uh, it's a huge benefit to them that they don't need to worry about the point guard spot for the next three, four years. Yeah. And yeah. that's that's the most important position in the league. Yeah, and I'm also in agreement with you. Like, I I wasn't the biggest fan of him this year. But when I, I started paying attention to his numbers, and um, he's shooting 49% from the field. Uh, he's averaging 16 points, 5.5 assists, 4.7 rebounds, but... I think shooting almost 50%, that's a big deal uh, for Bledsoe, for the Bucks. Uh, I think uh, Mike Budenhoser, the, the new coach of the Bucks, has had a lot to do with that. I had stated on an earlier pod uh, that he's really going to space the floor for this team. And you see it when they play this five-out offense. You know, They put all five players uh, around the three-point line and run these um, staggering picks all across the, the court you basically have Giannis going down court, downfield, if you will, and he has uh, four shooters around him with Lopez shooting lights out, Middleton shooting lights out. Um, he has such good shooters. And now even Giannis is shooting at a high clip from the three-point line over the last 10 or so games um, when he's been playing since he's been injured. Middleton has has been so amazing for them. He is a NBA, like, cult hero i mean everyone loves the his game i'm he's like a poor man's clay thompson um he plays good defense he can get a mm-hmm. shot off uh from the three or two drives by you because you got to respect the shot yeah. uh and he's he's shooting lights out so i mean just a perfect team constructed around him um i do think they could use a couple more playmakers but it's tough to argue that when you know, Giannis is, has the ball so often. So it's like, yeah. you know, what would a playmaker even do? Um, but I think they're for real. I mean, I, I have them. I know we're going to talk about this later, but I think they're going to win the East. Yeah, I think they'll come out of the Eastern Conference. Uh, as far as how the whole team is doing, they're actually second in points per game and first in rebounds per game. Um, second in blocks, third in field goal percentage. I mean, I can go on and on, but the biggest thing is, and the most surprising to me when I was looking into them, is that their net rating is first in the league. And that's beating out the Warriors, the Nuggets, the Celtics, and the Raptors. 
Yeah, that's um, just so, elite, elite play. Yeah, so as far as the eye test, they definitely pass. But just looking at the, the analytics, they are definitely an elite team. Um, and I want to talk about Giannis, uh, you know, his, his growth. You know, what are your thoughts on how Giannis has been playing so far? I think I had never thought that I would see another player in my life who was prime LeBron James. I mean, I'm talking Miami Heat, LeBron James, maybe the last season or the first season with the Cavs, that LeBron James, the first season when he came back to the Cavs. Yeah. Uh, I never thought I'd see a player like that in a long time, especially so soon. And Giannis, here comes this guy who takes two steps into your body and finishes with his offhand dunks on you. With yeah. his offhand, like that's impo- that's so difficult to do. You know, yeah. uh, players don't do, do that. It, it, you ever you ever look at him play, and you're just like, I how do how does he move like that? That doesn't yeah. make any sense. So I mean, Giannis has a chance to be, you know, a top ten player all time. I'm a huge believer in him. He can get Defensive Player of the Year. He can get MVP. This guy has all the tools to be the next guy in the league and he's going to take that torch from LeBron one day or Durant or whoever the hell has it right now. Yeah. I, I think, I think you're, you're spot on there and his performance, his numbers back it up. Um, he is, he's not only a great offensive weapon, but he's their best defender and he's the best defender on the best defensive team. Um, he's only one of three players in the league that's averaging at least 1.4 steals and 1.4 blocks a game. And the other two are Drummond and Davis. Um, yes. So, so he, and out of all players averaging at least 20 minutes per game, he uh, leads in defensive rating and defensive win share. So um, the, the numbers back it up. Um, he is a top-tier uh, defensive player, offensive player um, th- that we've seen th- this year. Now, I, I, I want to talk about – I want to stay on the East Coast – um, what are your thoughts about the Celtics? What's going on over there? Yeah, I mean, you got to think about the opposite of the Bucks, right? The Celtics have lost seven of their last ten games. Um, Kyrie Irving, has, it seems like every time he opens his mouth, he makes shit worse for himself and the team. He's constantly putting the young guys, throwing them <laughs> under the bus. He is uh, constantly – I mean, look, this is, this is a guy who thinks the world is flat, and I don't know why the media keeps going to him for close <laughs> – like, like this guy's not the brightest person, and he keeps getting oh, all of all of the attention. You, you know, I, I think we all, and maybe our listeners can tell us, but we've all played with somebody who, you know, they they have talent, but they know it, and they're extremely cocky. Uh, you know, they try to show up not only the opponent but their own players as well. <laughs> um, and I think I think like. Like every are time you, I see... are you throwing a subliminal <laughs> at me right now? Like, no, 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 man. No, I mean, I haven't played basketball with you in a while. So uh, the guys that play basketball with Adnan up in DC and Arlington, you guys let me know if he's he's like that. But you know, we've all played with someone who's like just like really talented, but they know it and and they will passively aggressively tell you all about it. And Irving reminds me of that. And every time I see some kind of drama happening in any NBA locker room, I try to think about like. How would I feel if I was on a basketball court playing with this guy? And what you've seen over the last, what, 10 or so games, they've lost, was it the last five or five or seven or last something like that? Last seven of their last 10. Yeah. Wow, yeah, seven of the last 10. And some of those were to, like, the Bulls. I know they, they got their asses kicked by the Raptors, but the you look at him on the sideline 
he's yelling at every single young player, pretty much, you know, a combination of Tatum or, or, or Brown or whoever's Marcus Smart, whoever it is. Um, apparently, he's only friends with Tatum. He apparently he doesn't talk to anybody. He's become completely disengaged. He tries to have like these meta conversations with the media and they just sound kind of idiotic. <laughs> um, you know, in the beginning, people were like, wow, Kyrie Irving's a smart guy. But now people are like, wow, Kyrie Irving's pretty annoying. And, and, uh, you know, and, they don't, a- and the Boston fans have turned on him completely. Yeah, he's, he made a mistake. He, he thinks he's already in New York. It's next year, yeah. Kyrie. You're you're playing yeah. for the Knicks next year. Oh wait, the the best part is he you know this talk of him going to play in New York. He made a comment the other day that he said he can't wait till all this shit was over, and he was talking about the cameras in his face, and he's saying he just wants to play basketball. He doesn't want to be a celebrity. You're not going to get that in New York. He needs to go to OKC or some team like that if he they pr- doesn't want the cameras. Yeah, OKC you know, does um, a great job protecting their players from the media. They, they do. So, I mean, besides Kyrie, they have a lot of problems. Um, yeah. Gordon Hayward has been averaging five points over the last five games. You know, Oof. this is a guy making $25 million. He's a max player for you. Um, it's tough to play well when the Morris twins not playing well, Hayward's not playing well, Rozier's not playing well, Smart's gone cold, Irving is turning the ball over the way he does. Um They've got, they definitely have bright spots, but it's, they're not mm-hmm. putting it together for a whole stretch. You know, it seems mm-hmm. like Al Horford might be their best player right now. Yeah, yeah, Mister Reliable. He, he he's been he always comes up in the clutch. He he's been very reliable. But I was listening to the Hoop Collective, and that's Brian Windhorst and Jackie McMullen, and she was she's been fond of Celtics forever. But she, she was saying that ever since Aaron Baines had you know first his hand injury and then his injury right now, he's been in and out of the lineup. Um, he really keeps a lot of it together because of how much he hustles. Um, his his screen, his ball screens that he sets. He does a lot of things right the right now? way. I, I'm not done. A combination of him and Morris falling off a cliff in the first half of the season. Marcus Morris was one of their best players. But this team has so many weapons that those two should fall off if they fall off. They should be able to dominate. They've got Brown, well, Tatum, Irving. With, with with Hayward starting instead of Brown, Brown, I think that really messed up. You messed with his psyche, especially as a young player, because this is a guy who, in the playoffs, showed uh, that he can play up to his potential, and so did Tatum. Is and Hayward still Hayward, starting? Hayward, I don't think he's starting anymore. Hmm. Uh, but when the season started, he was starting. Yeah, he was. Yep. And and he was playing like trash. I mean, that's just what it is. I get he's coming off injury, and, and you know, the guy needs to recover. But he was playing like trash, and he's still playing like trash. He's trying to do too much. I mean, I think if if Hayward, I mean, he's still working his way back, but shifting him to power forward wouldn't be that be- big of a deal. I mean, move him over to the power forward off the bench and have him go against people he can actually get by. Um, or if you keep him at the three, you got to play him more in the post. Which yeah. is kind of an old school way of playing, right? So yeah, I mean, nobody but, plays in the post anymore. It's just yeah, that's, that's gone. But but as you can tell, you know, Celtics have a lot of issues. It's not just like I love Kyrie. I think he's the best one on one, one of the best one on one players in the league. I know we were kind oh, of yeah, shitting on for him sure. earlier, but but I do yeah, think he's, yeah, he's I still mean, very talented. I still think he's one of the best one on one players, yeah. and he he comes up in the clutch often. Right now, in the first uh, round, the first round matchup is Celtics Sixers. So, 
I mean, I I don't know. I can't wait for that. I hope it stays like that. I hope this. Yeah. I hope the Celtics keep sucking <laughs> just enough so they can be that fifth seed and the Sixers can be that fourth seed. That'll be very entertaining. I love the Sixers starting lineup. I think it's so great that we have Harris, Butler, Embiid, and Simmons. Uh, you know, you playing, just said we. You said you said we have. Are you jumping ship? No, we. No, we as a fan, we get to see that. That that is yeah. an awesome starting lineup, but their bench is is not so hot. Yeah, they got. I mean, that's fine, right? Like, but that's another example of like they have enough stars that they yeah. could theoretically keep two out of the four you, yeah. on the court at all times, and, and so, they are. That's yeah. what they're doing, yeah. right? When when yeah. Simmons and Embiid go out, you got Harris in the game, uh, and he's just dominating these yeah. second units. I mean, Harris is. Can, can you believe he's like still? Like twenty six, something yeah, like that. Yeah, twenty six. I mean, yeah, he's been in the league forever. He was yeah. on the Magic, the Pistons. Shout out to the Magic. Yeah, man, keep him coming. Ahill, keep you know, the Magic, man. They're just they're killing it. Our, our boy Ahill down in Orlando, just loving the Magic right now. Once once they eventually trade Aaron Gordon for I don't know like Hito Turkloo's corpse, <laughs> uh, they're going. Aaron Gordon's going to be an NBA All NBA superstar once that happens. <laughs> no, so, it's going to be for Vince Carter. They're going to trade uh, for Vince, Vince Carter. Carter. Um, I have to tell you about a playoff team in the East, though, that's just dominating everybody right now. All right, who am I talking about? Oh, this you're probably is... talking about the Raptors. Nope, I'm not there the yet. Bucks? The okay. This team has won 9 of 11 games. Okay. They beat Toronto the other night without Leonard, but they beat them. They have the leader in rebounds on their team at 15.1 rebounds. Uh, uh, who am I talking about? You're talking about the Pistons. Detroit Pistons are now sixth in the East. They've won nine of 11 games. I don't think we've ever spoken about the Pistons on this podcast unless I am shitting on Reggie Jackson. Right? No, so. we, we, we talked about the Pistons when we were mentioning that you mentioned that Blake Griffin has transitioned from um, overrated to underrated. Yes, that's true. Uh, yeah. Well, you're right. I did bring up the Pistons and I did bring up Blake Griffin, and I'm bringing them up again. You better put some respect on their names. The Detroit Pistons are winning a lot of games, 9 of 11 uh, over the past 13 games. Um, they've got the fourth most efficient offense in the league and the fourth best defense in the league. Yeah, I couldn't see that coming. Yeah, over the last however many games, their offense has been um, scoring at a high clip, almost, almost warrior-like, and Griffin's having his, his best season – at 25 points a game, and he's hitting the th- he's hitting the the three point shot effectively and efficiently. So not he's only basically is Drummond, their point guard, yeah, yeah, point forward. It was his position that he always should have been. Drummond's putting up uh, what's it like 15 and 17, 15 points, 17 rebounds a game. Um, Reggie Jackson has always been an irrational confidence guy, like Bill Simmons says, but he he's living up to his own hype right now. Can they keep it up and stay at you know number six in the league? They're only I, I half think, the game of the Nets for the seventh seed. Yeah. I mean, I think the Nets, um, they've been so consistent all year. I feel like they may move into the sixth and maybe Pistons drop down to the seventh because it's not sustainable to be scoring at such a efficient clip. It, you know, you'd have to be the Warriors. And you're talking about like Warriors, Nuggets, the Thunder, just, just to score like that. But um, I think that they, they're definitely going to be in the playoffs at six or seven. And I don't think any team really wants to play them in the first round because it's going to be one of those, like, while the top-tier seeds are going to win, they're going to get beat up. It's going to be like a grinded-out type game. 
But if they stay where they are now, they're playing the Pacers in the first round. I think the Pistons oh, yeah. can win. I, I think the Pistons yeah. can win that can win that uh, matchup. And I mean, granted, the Pacers are only half a game up on the Sixers for the third seed. Um, but that's something they should watch. And I think try that to, I think that if, I I agree with you, but that opinion is is you're in the minority. People have really been on the Pacers, and I'm not I'm not one of them. I, I know they're on the fourth seed right now, but I'm not. I don't think that what they're doing is sustainable. Um, yeah, I mean, right now they're the three seed, and ever since Oladipo went out, they're just playing really seed, good yeah. basketball. Are they? Um, yes. They're 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 what ten, ten and eight without Oladipo. Yeah, but I think everyone expected them to fall off a cliff, and they've yeah, they've but, beaten some good teams. They've beaten some some good teams, but I mean, yeah, like the players have definitely stepped up. Um, you know, uh, Bogdanovich is averaging 22 points per game. Collison is averaging 14 points per game. This is all while Oladipo has been out, like in that stretch. Yeah. And Collison is also shooting 48% from three, which is huge. And he's averaging about seven assists with 14 points. So there, everybody's really stepped up. Even Miles Turner has stepped up, which the first half of the season, he didn't do much. Um, but, uh, you know, their best player on that team right now is who? Sabonis? I mean, it's got to be Miles Turner, Sabonis, um, Bogdanovich. I mean, it's really like a by committee type of thing, right? It's there's not really one superstar or all star. Yeah. They're really being led. I mean, Sabonis is playing amazing. He's coming off the bench. Miles Turner looks like a like a defensive player of the year candidate, um, playing really well. So, uh, yeah. kudos to that their coach, right? They are playing really well without Oladipo, and if they keep yeah. it up, I think I think uh, Nate McMillan Nate, wins Nate coach McMillan, of the year. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'd agree with you there. If they if they keep it up, yeah, Nate McMillan's definitely getting coach of the year. Everybody's playing above their potential right now. So we've touched on the Eastern Conference, but I, I do want to just continue here and talk about that eighth seed, right? So we I think we're in agreement that one through seven in some order, you know, will be the Bucks, Raptors, Pacers, Sixers, Celtics, Pistons, and Nets. Um, right now the Magic have the eighth seed and they, um, you know, they're tied with the Hornets right now mm-hmm. and the Heat are a half a game behind those two. And I would say that's probably the most realistic. The Wizards are, um, actually the Wizards are three games out, so they got a chance. So between the, the Magic, yeah. Hornets, Heat, and Wizards, who do you think wins that eighth seed? I'm going to tell you who it, who it is and you're not going to be happy. You're not going to believe it. And, I'm, and then I'm going to tell you why. And the reasoning is not the reason that you're going to think, okay? Okay. In the eighth seed is going to be the Orlando Magic. <laughs> <laughs> the re- oh, my God. Uh, none. I know you're expecting them to just have an epic collapse <laughs> and go on one of these, like, four-game losing streaks. Adele, I will... I... But wait, there's more. Not only are they playing... Well, Vucevic having a career year. Terrence Ross, six-man candidate. They also attended an early screening, together, an early screening of Captain Marvel in Philly. And I think that, and that alone, is going to cause an uptick in their wins. You're going to see a nice little win streak here. And Terrence Ross knows how important chemistry is. Terrence Ross... Yeah, <laughs> he, put, he played on the Raptors when they had the best the best uh, record in the league. 
I see. I'm telling you right now, after this, after they watched Captain Marvel, there's nothing stopping the magic right now. I'm all aboard the Magic Express. You know, I love superheroes, and you're playing to my my favorite things in the world right now. Yeah. Uh, But can you name the starting five for the magic? (laughs) (laughs) Right now. Right now. Do it right now. Who's our oh man, DJ Augustine. They got Augustine, right? DJ Augustine, <laughs> DJ Augustine, Adele. Oh my God! Wait, I'm trying to think what? who the shooting guard is. Hold on. Nobody. Hold on. No, hold on. Oh no, uh, uh, Fournier. Fournier. Yeah. Is there a shooting guard? I mean, uh, yeah. Terrence Ross comes off the bench, and then Gordon and Vucevic. Yeah, yeah. And they got they got a uh, Fultz out there still recovering. They got my my point uh, is Mo Mo Bamba my, Isaac my is Isaac just Isaac. You know my point is wait who is their to... shooting guard? Is it is it uh, Terrence is Ross? It for... No no who starts for two at the, with them for them? Is is it Terrence? I think it's Terrence Ross. I thought he comes off the bench. Okay, uh, but the fact that we're Orlando having this conversation forward. shows you that the Magic are not a threat to Listen, the Listen, it's hard to keep track of every single starting lineup of all 30 teams, okay? okay so that, that's Adele. the first thing I'm going to tell you, okay? It's not. But it's Secondly, we could keep track of who are the best players are on that team. Vucevic and Aaron Gordon. Who are the best been, players on that team? Look, when I asked you that question about between the Magic, Hornets, Heat, and Wizards, who was going to get the eighth seed, there was a right answer, and you got it wrong. The right answer is – hold on. Let me get ready for this. The right answer is the team led by the legend, Dwayne Wade, the clutch, the one-foot one, the one wonder, the bank king. <laughs> the one-foot the, wonder. The one-foot wonder. The, the, he's turning back the clock. He's got matching braids with his son, and he's playing like a 21-year-old. Dwayne Wade is going to lead that team to the playoffs. Uh, they're going to get swept in the first round, but they're going to make the playoffs. We're going to get a couple of cool moments of D-Wade jumping up onto the scorer's table in the middle of a timeout in Miami. Um, I'm, that's my I'm very surprised that you're saying that he and your – you know, our, on the last pod we had Raheem, and Raheem, as everybody knows, is a big Heat fan, Dwayne Wade fan, and you and him regularly disagree about anything with basketball. And – and I'm very surprised that you're agreeing with him because he feels the same way. They're going to get the eighth seed, and Dwayne Wade's going to have some amazing moments. And he probably feels that they could upset the first seed. No. <laughs> no yeah, I don't think so. But, that's, that's but I'm, I'm surprised that you're in agreement with Raheem here. I just don't think that the Heat are going to beat out the, mag- uh, the Magic for the eighth seed. I, I, I know it makes you laugh every time I say the Magic in the playoffs and, yeah. and they're, them beating somebody, but it's the truth. We could both be wrong, right? Because the only per- only team out of the three of those that has an all-star is the Hornets. And they've yeah. got Kemba. And, I mean, as shitty as the rest of their team is, they've got the best player on either all three of those teams, right? He's the best yes. player. So, I mean, it, the, it could um, be. The Hornets are hosting the Heat on Wednesday. And I'm going to go to the game, see, see Dwayne Wade one last time. One last time, for- one final dance. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to Kemba Walker putting up, putting up about 38 and then switching jerseys with Dwayne Wade. When you go there, have D Wade, uh, instead of switching jerseys with Kemba, have him wear switch jerseys with you. You can give him a twin hoop t shirt and he can take, you can just take his, his heat jersey. Ah, about that's that? right. Nice plug there. Twin hoop swag coming soon. Um, all right. So we've talked about the Eastern Conference playoff race a little bit. 
um, I do want to shift gears and talk about um, some teams that are not in the playoff race, but they've got something to be excited about. And I'm talking about Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks. Oh, man. Did, Trey Young has did, been balling. Did you watch that four overtime game? The, the, I didn't catch the uh, most of the game. I did catch the last two overtimes. <laughs> Isn't that wild? So, this is so uh, wild. He scored 49 points, had 16 assists, and he's the only rookie ever to have 45 and 15 assists in their rookie wow. year. Um, he also joins Allen Iverson, Michael Jordan, and Bernard King as the only rookies to score 35 points in three straight games. That's Trey Young. I'm going to ask you a question, okay? Who won the Dallas Mavericks Atlanta Hawks trade? Luka Doncic for Trey Young. Who's the winner? You know, um, all season we've been saying the the Mavs are the winner of that. But the last five games, or the last five games before the game where he was kicked out early for taunting Chris Dunn, the, the second Bulls game, he was putting up, you know, 49 and 15 and 30-point games, 40-point games. Like, it's nothing. He regularly shoots in the logo. Trey Young is looking amazing. Ama- absolutely amazing. And I'm going to tell you something else. Uh, I was watching NBA Desktop from The Ringer, okay? You know, I'm a huge fan of that. And they asked uh, – Hassan Minaj was on there as a guest. And they asked Hassan Minaj for some, for some spice, which is basically like a hot take. And he said – that Luka Doncic, the only reason that he is so hyped is because the House of Highlights uh, page, Instagram page. That's right. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that, that he's just been hyped by all the highlights? I mean, he's not wrong. I feel like House of Highlights what? has really done well. Uh, I was really uh, portrayed Luka in a good manner. Um, but, you know, Trey Young's had the better – Last few games, Luca probably had the better first half of the season. I don't think we'll know who the winner is for 10 years. I really don't. I mean, it's going to be uh, one of those things. Yeah. But that's what's so exciting. Like, it's the rare time yeah. where it was a good trade for both, both parties. Yeah. You know, the Hawks picked up an extra first-round pick, and they look like a really good young team developing around Trey Young, Collins, Herter, uh, you know, two top seven, eight picks in next year's draft, right? Yeah. Uh, this, this summer's draft, I mean. So – um, you know, and, and the Mavs, they get Luca, they're building with Porzingis and they've got some money to sign someone else if they want to. So, yeah, I, I think what's, what's, uh, very notable, notable about young compared to Luca. I mean, obviously like young has range for days and Luca's kind of, he's known as being clutch and very crafty, but Trey young passes the ball really well. Um, over the last however many games that we were talking about before that, uh, one where he sat out after 18 minutes. He put up numbers like 49 points, 16 assists, 36 points, 10 assists, 30 points, 10 assists. So he's regularly uh, dishing it out to his teammates and finding them uh, when they're open. Well, let's stay on this topic of rookies. Um, I'm going to, you know, give me a prediction and let's hold each other to it. Who's your rookie of the year this year? I still take Luka, Luka Doncic. What about you? I'm going to take Trey Young and here's why. The Mavericks are now 13th in the West. They're out of the playoff picture. Luka's been playing well. Um, But the Hawks are 12th in the East, and Trey Young's putting up better numbers 
uh, since the All-Star break than Luka, shooting better from the field, more points, more assists. And if uh-huh. he stays on a tear, I don't expect him to score 30 points a game, but if he stays on this tear of like 24 and 12, you know, uh, I think they could probably get a couple more wins, and um, which they probably shouldn't be doing. But I think he's going to win it there. So we do disagree there, but I do think that Trey Young gets the rookie of the year. Um, ha- a couple more predictions. How about defensive player of the year? Defensive player of the year. I'm actually going to go with Giannis. So, you know, all season I've been thinking it's going to be Paul George or Rudy Gobert. But, you know, for some of the reasons we mentioned earlier when we were looking, I was looking at the stats. He's he's the best defensive player on the best defensive team. Um, and again, he leads in defensive rating, defensive win shares. I mean, he is just a monster on the defensive end. I'm going with Giannis. I'm going with Giannis for MVP and for Defensive Player of the Year. Whoa, jumping the gun to MVP. Yeah, uh, who's your Defensive Player of the Year? I'm going to go, again, you know how there's right answer, right? And <laughs> the right answer is Paul George. Um, if you look at his games this year, the way he's performing, he's, he's in my opinion, the best defensive wing in the league. Uh, I don't really yeah, count I, Kawhi Leonard because he sit, sits out so much. Yeah. I see why you're saying Giannis. Really, if he tried, if he tried on defense every play, uh, oh my! No, he does right, but he just has to do so much more than anyone. He else. takes six, six steps back, and he's already on the other side. Yeah, no, it is tough to <laughs> score against Giannis. Um, there's probably only like two or three players in the league yeah. that can really but go at him. I, I'm not mad at that choice, you know, Paul George. Um, uh, it's pretty impressive, you know. He he's regularly guarding the best player on the court and he's putting up such amazing offensive numbers that he could be MVP this year. Yeah. So, so we both, dis- we both agree that's not going to be Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think so. He just gets exposed too much on the pick and roll. Yeah. You know, I think uh, where the league is right now, it's just like, if this was even five years ago, Rudy um, Gobert is who you give it to when like, you can't really find anyone else to give it to. <laughs> man, Donovan Mitchell has been balling lately. You see him? Yeah, the Jazz have been playing really well. Um, let's let's. Uh, so you said MVP Giannis. Why do you say that? Best team in the league. Um, I think because of his defensive prowess, he should get the nod ahead of Paul George, Joel Embiid. Um, you know, I know Jokic. Jokic, however you say his name, he's in the conversation as well. So just call him um, Joker. You never know how yeah. to say his last name. <laughs> I'm terrible with all these names. Yeah, the Joker. He's definitely in the conversation, but. I'd love to see it be, you know, Paul George. I think Harden is very deserving. But if you're looking at the best player in the league, you got to count both sides, both ends. And Giannis is putting up monster numbers uh, on both ends of the court. I think a big thing he has going for him is he is the best player on the best team in the league. And that's really – if you look at the last few MVPs, it's usually the best player on the best team in the league. Yeah. Um, so I think Giannis gets it. I think we're in agreement there. And um, that's why I think Paul George is going to get defensive player of the year. I think they'll, they'll want to give him something. And yeah. I think he, he'll get, end up getting defensive player. So so you don't um, think that the league is going to give it to, to Harden? I mean, he is playing unreal. But you got to look at the whole picture, right? You got to look at where are the Rockets, um, you know, in the standings and yeah, you know, James Harden's playing great and he had that stretch of 30 points, but they're fifth in the West. They're behind the Blazers, Thunder, Nuggets and Warriors and the Thunder have an MVP candidate and they're two spots ahead. 
the Nuggets have an MVP candidate and they're second in the in the West. The Warriors have an MVP candidate and they're first. So I yeah. I really don't think you can give it to Harden. Um, and so for that reason, I'm going to stick with Giannis. And as I, I hear your dog Kobe uh, going off, I think it's a good time to to wrap it up here. But Adele, it was good to catch up with you again and talk some basketball and uh, I know it's been a while but this was fun as always yeah yeah I definitely had a good time and I want to tell everyone you know we appreciate all the feedback you've given us you know we appreciate uh, the follow and the support Um, we're going to uh, continue with our podcast keep the questions coming uh, keep the feedback coming but go ahead and follow us up on Instagram um, at TwinSoup underscore official follow us on on Twitter and Facebook at TwinSoup and uh, we alluded to this earlier we got some swag coming out soon so you'll be seeing that as well um, Adnan thank you so much man it's been fun let us know Adele let us know how that Heat Hornets game is excited to, for you to see Dwayne Wade's last time in Charlotte yeah yeah I'm open to um, to I haven't even bought my seats yet but I know I'm going so <laughs> hoping to get hoping to get decent seats and Uh, Get to see Wade one last time. That's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to that. All right. Thanks, everyone. We'll catch you guys next time.